Sean Moore was doing loans back when you had to know how to do a loan. Yep. Okay. And what I mean by that is with no automated findings, you were hand calculating your debt to income. And I would guarantee you, you still do it today because that's how you learned. Yep. So you're hand calculating your debt to income ratio. You figured out how to calculate income. And today there's a lot. They're good, by the way, for our industry. But in old school, my yes is a yes. Hello is sitting at the table. Right. Because you could, you know, you can get kind of oh, screwed it, by those automated underwriting systems if you don't read them. Because yeah. you still need to know what's going on. You can't just pretend yeah. like, oh, yeah, it's all good because of this. You still need yeah. knowledge. And that's one thing Fred Johansson taught us. He used to walk out and go, here's a 1003. This is how you take an application and just fill it out. Fill it out. Yeah. Just fill it out. By and, and it's interesting because I know you take a lot of pride in the way that you conduct your business. And we can get into that here in a little bit. But um, when was the last time you missed a closing date? That was something of my fault. Yeah. I don't think I've ever missed one, to be honest with you. Never. <laughs> yeah. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell, again with the super duper co-host, Mr. John Jones. And we are bringing you another episode from our top producer series. And we have an amazing individual and LO with us today joining us, Mr. Sean Moore from St. Pete, Florida. That's correct. Sean, Thank thanks you. for joining us, man. Oh, thank you for the invite. Yeah. Appreciate the opportunity. And happy 2021. Yeah, starting off we'll great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> it might be for some people, but <laughs> we'll leave fairness, it at that. In fairness, business is starting off really great. Business is You're smoking business, hot right smoking. now, right out of the gate. So yeah, that's, that is a good thing. Yeah. Way, way more. And it's, it's interesting because we've seen other Januaries, right? And typically you see yeah. a pretty significant decline from December to January. And sometimes you kind of look forward to that wall to kind of, yeah. you know, get in gear, but this year, no. It's almost a built-in vacation in this week. Right. This 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 time of year, usually it's about this week where it kicks in, right. where it, it kicked right in from the start. It sure yeah. did. Yeah, so rolled right in. So that's a good thing. Good yeah. problem to have. So saddles blazing. So I hear um, through the grapevine, the two of you have known each other for a while. <laughs> yeah, we started in this business a long time ago. I'll give you a quick story on how I got into this business. I was, uh, I got out of the Navy. I'm a Navy veteran, uh, 95, went back to school and got my degree on the GI Bill. And then um, I got my degree in environmental science and started looking around for jobs in that. And they're paying like $22,000, $23,000 a year. I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be good. So my brother, Tim Moore, yep. he's been in the business longer than I have. He's been in about 30 years. He goes, you're good with numbers. Why don't you try mortgages? So I literally started going through this back when we had yellow pages. Started going through the yellow pages. Good old bank Atlantic. For dollars. <laughs> Found someone, just kept calling people. Hey, you hiring for loan officer? No, 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 no. Finally, some guy's, yeah, come on up. His name is Fred Johansson. Some Johansson. guy named Fred Johansson. <laughs> he says, come on up, give it a whirl. So that was my first from, job in the from business. representing New Jersey, right? Yeah. And then John, I think, came on a few months after that. And we both started our career in, what, 97? I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Not to date us, but that's, that sounds about right. Yeah. Wow. And, and Fred, had a, Fred was a great sales manager. I mean, he, he went flat out. This is back in the day when you could actually go out and make, make real estate calls and get inside an office, and there wasn't a gatekeeper. Okay. Um, and Fred, Fred's MO was, hey, what are you doing at your desk? <laughs> yeah. And you'd look at him like, I don't know. And, and Fred would say, get, get your ass out of here. <laughs> get your ass out on the street. And 
<laughs> and go get some loans. We'd I mean, like, that's it. And, and out we went. And that's when you had a pager. So they would page you and, you know, you got a call or whatever. Where's a payphone? You know, kids nowadays don't even know what a payphone is. Yeah, wow. <clears throat> Dude, you guys were doing mortgages back when there was pagers and cell phones. Or pagers and fax pay- machines. Payphones, not even cell phones. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, fax yeah. machines and pagers. Wow. Yeah. What were the early days like? Early days were, like John said, dropping off, you know, rate sheets. Rate sheets. I mean, you would actually wait for the rate sheets to come out and you would get them, print them, bunch of them. Seven and, and a half percent. Tracks, let's go. Go make, go make calls. And here, here's my rate sheet. Here's my rate sheet. And that's how you sold stuff back then. You wow. Know, it wasn't yeah, about so, service or anything So it like was that. clever. You'd go in with your rate sheet and you'd go into the boxes. They'd have everybody's mailbox. And you'd pull out all the rate sheets from Chase, Wells Fargo, <laughs> whoever, whoever your competitor was that was in there, home bank maybe at some time, and you'd tuck yours in there, yep. stick those into your briefcase, and out you went. And you hope nobody followed behind you. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I got to know, is, did that actually get you any business? No. Not really. No. no. But, it, but going in and talking to the people did. Where you could go back then, you good. could just okay. talk to people. And back then, we didn't really okay. know what we were talking about. Okay. But so, I put, so I'm putting two and two together. The, the rate sheet was an excuse for you to go into the Correct. office. Bingo. You were making connections. Yeah. By and, and, and back in that, in that day, you didn't have internet. You weren't online getting rates or updates. So if you went in there with any marketing material to give them an update on a product, the receptionist, uh, a.k.a. gatekeeper, they'd let you go back behind. And once you were behind the gatekeeper, mm-hmm. you essentially then had access to all the agents in the office. And that was the day where agents, you know, 70, 80 percent of agents were in the office every day during the week, you know, without wow. the Internet and, and, and the ability to work remote uh, like today, you know, at home. Wow. So different times. It is a different time. And you know what I did to get most of my first deals was the 125% loan until that went away one day. Remember the Dan Marino commercials where they used to do the 125% loan? He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember. <laughs> they were easy to sell because we were lending people 125% of the value of their house. I can't see how that could go wrong. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy times then, right? You, you had access to a, you know, your appraiser. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, wow. you know, deals deals flowed. So I, I just out of curiosity, are you doing business with any referral partners today that you may have developed a relationship with during that time period? I'm trying to think of, and not specifically, I can think of it, some of the contacts I made, like John and coming full circle with him and Laura Lynn and the company, stuff like that. And yeah. just uh, an appraiser, Dean Davey, met him back in those days, yep. back then. Yep. So, yeah. Kimber, title company. Oh, yeah, and, Kimber. Yep. We met her. You know, so, yeah, so. we still have some connections, long-term people in the business, wow. for sure. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. So, other than, other than the mortgage business, just out of curiosity, like, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen happen in our industry <laughs> as a total? Mortgage, real estate? In terms of how we do business, yeah, I mean, the, I think the number one thing that helped us in terms of doing business is automated underwriting. I remember when we were back, you and I, I can't remember when Ratios. that was, but when we started doing automated underwriting with LPNDU, we're just like, what do you mean <laughs> if we, we get an accept, we're good to go? That's, I mean, it was like a yeah, that was a whole, that was a whole new automated world. Automated underwriting I mean, came out. So listen, I it, you need to you need to hear this because I think this has some value to it. Never, <laughs> no, right? I just don't miss them. That's so, the date we so, go off something of. that's within your control. And and I'll and I've been not criticized, but sometimes management will tell me, "Hey, you're too much in your files." Okay, but that's how I work. I'm in my files a lot, so I'm doing some things. Maybe the processor should be doing sometimes, but that's how I get them closed on time by yeah. knowing what's going on in my file every day. Yeah. Well, I think it starts with the good application. <laughs> Absolutely. If you don't take a good 1003, what's that crap yeah. in, crap out? Yep. It starts with the good application. 
So that that leads me to your survey score of 2019. Now we don't have 2020 yet, but I, I would imagine it's a lot a lot similar. So you did roughly, I think, 90 to 100 transactions in 2019, and your your score was a perfect 5.0. Correct. And yeah. social survey. They, they actually couldn't believe. They couldn't believe it. They're that like, it was, there's that, no way. This there's is no mistake. way with that many closed loans and primarily probably 85% purchase that you were a perfect 5.0. And this, so I, I sell that because people, you know, they go online looking at stuff. So I, I mm-hmm. have a link in my email that shows my survey. So people go yeah. to that because there's a lot of people with not so good surveys, you know, Correct. and that can yeah. help sell that. Yeah. Um, so I'm proud of that, and it helps me get business. And people are like, well, why should I work with you? I'm like, go check out my surveys. You know, well, listen, I, I think that that score is impressive when you look at the fact that that's based on 137 transactions. That's not based on 10. That's based on 137 transactions. Dude, congratulations to you, bro. Thank you. Wow. And this year I got a four and a half. I was pissed on one guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I've got to put an asterisk next to that one survey because that, that customer wrote he was elated with Sean's service and the entire team. He was just that person that can't give you a five. And that's the guy I'm taking the loan application while my wife's in the emergency room with an insect bite. So. <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> Wow. But anyway, so Sean, I mean, obviously your career has, um, it's seen some highs and it's seen some lows, I'm sure. Um, what are some of the consistent things though that you've done over the years? Like, hey, th- this stands the test of time, whether it's 1997 or 2021, these are some of the things that have stood the test of time in growing your business. So the number one thing is taking a good loan application, taking a good 1003, starting off with a story, okay? Have them tell you a story, figure out what's going on. Don't just ask them the questions that are on the 1003, but actually do a story like, okay, so the answer they give you is gonna maybe trigger another question for you to ask, and you just learn that by experience. So that's my number one thing, doing a good loan application. And then in terms of other things that I've done, um, there's things called realtor pit sessions, which I formed a couple of those, and I'm a member of those to this day. It's been about I don't know, 10 or 12 years I've been doing those. And you consistently now in Zoom, we do Zoom uh, realtor pit sessions Mm -hmm. and just showing your face every day, going out and seeing the realtors and they getting to know you and talking about your surveys and talking about what you've done. So realtor pit sessions are a real big thing. So before before I let you go to that next thing, can you give us a little bit more detail on like what for an LO who's watching this, who's kind of new to the business, they don't really know what a realtor pit session is. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, so a realtor pit session is a gathering of mainly there for the realtors, but you're also gonna have your affiliates. You're gonna have your title companies, your insurance companies, home inspection companies, people like that are gonna go along with the realtors, but it gives the realtors a chance to, hence the name, pitch. Pitch Mm -hmm. their properties, hey, I've got new listings, upcoming, buyer wants and needs, things like that. So you're there to answer questions that they might have on a mortgage side, but you're there to build relationships with them because you show up every week. And it's just a good thing to show your professionalism and show that you're a true pro in the business. Yeah, so. cool. Thanks. Yeah, my, my guess now is those things are becoming probably more important. I mean, the way inventory was so, was so short on inventory yeah. that, I mean, ideally you go there to get properties before they're listed. The oh, wow. Right? So, I mean, so you guys are actually sharing pocket listings. Like, well, I've got this uh, coming. Uh, you have to be careful because there's yeah, rules on yeah, that there's, now. There's oh, okay. rules, yeah. but I mean, essentially, you know, a lot of times a seller is getting ready to sell. And we know because they start, you know, taking care of the outside of the property, maybe painting. And so that triggers like maybe they're going to do something. Maybe they're going to list mm-hmm. their home. And they've already spoken to an agent, local agent, and they're prepared to list it. But they're going to say, hey, I need three weeks to get it in shape before we come <clears> in, <throat> and do the photo, stage it, and then get that property on the market. If I, if I have that knowledge and, and through a pitch session, I mean, I can essentially, you know, through word of mouth say, hey, next month I'm going to have this, this, 
and, is going to be available for sale. And that happens a lot as a loan officer because you know which people you have pre-qualified. And if you hear a house come up that might fit into them, you kind of do a reverse referral to the realtor and pass it on to them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. So what was the third thing you were about to get into? Third thing sounds kind of corny, but it works for me, um, <laughs> which I don't know about you, but when you get a piece in the mail that's not a bill, it's a card or something, you get pretty excited because how many how often do you get a piece of mail now that's Snail not mail, a bill right. or something, yeah. you know? So I actually send out a lot of handwritten note cards, personal note cards wow. to clients and to realtors um, just to say hi or hey, congratulations on your new home, blah, blah, blah. And they're all handwritten. They're not from the marketing department, stuff like that. So they're handwritten envelopes and everything. It's time intensive, but... Yeah. I don't know how many times. Every time I do it, that's do the a Brian Buffini five cards a day. Is it okay? It, yeah, right. it it works. You know, it's corny, but it works. People wanted that personal touch of a card like that. So, so you're doing like birthday cards? No, more just yeah. like when they close, or like when I get the email for an anniversary or something like that. Um, I might send out a card, and, and don't get, I'm not doing thousands of cards a year, something like that. You know, it's probably two or three hundred cards a year, but. Okay. It, it's enough where it makes your phone ring and it makes people know that you're a person that cares about them. You yeah. take the time out of your day to send them a personal note and it really has an effect. Yeah. So, I mean, the remarkable thing to me, John, we've, we've interviewed a number of people in this podcast. Okay. And all mega producers mm -hmm. and all of their secrets are very basic things. Absolutely. Right. I mean, Sean just shared three with us. I take a really great application I send out some cards and he does some pitch sessions. That's your opportunity to meet new people, add value to them, right? Build relationships. I mean, it doesn't get simpler than that. That's the shiny object. <laughs> 2021. And I, and I still the take basic. my loan application on a yellow pad of paper. So Wow. Okay. Works. Sean, there's this thing we have now. It's called a <laughs> laptop. It gets in there eventually. <laughs> I can show you how to use it as soon as we're done. <laughs> I'm teasing you. Hey, but that, cir that circles back. We have several top producers that do take a, a handwritten 1003. We do. We I do. mean, just, you know, you need to I find it, it, it pulls a story out of people more when Correct. I'm writing things down and you get the story. And then when you're filling it in, you, you kind of, because now you've done it twice. You've yeah. written it down once and you talk to them and now you're putting it into the computer for the second time and you mm -hmm. might see things you missed or you're not quite sure. I you can might see ask that. more questions. So yep. it gets me more familiar with the loan app as well. Yep, I can see that. So, man, how does a guy close 135 That's just what I was going to ask. Right, I mean, it's so 35 that's, million. You're certainly, you're certainly not doing that entirely by yourself no. and, and the dog's at home. Right. I do, um, I have help. I have a CSA, um, which is... I always forget the name, what CSA stands Co for. Corporate Sales Assistant. Corporate Sales Assistant. Yeah. I always forget what that stands for. And mine is uh, <clears throat> a gentleman named Mitch. So I take a loan application, and then he basically, I, I ask for all the documents to come in, but then he takes all the documents, puts them together. He'll request disclosures, things like that. So if I didn't have him to set up the files and put all the paperwork in there, that's time-consuming. You know, it can take him two or three hours over multiple days to get the finalizing final the to turn in, right, yeah, yeah, finalizing yeah. that. So I get the loans and without Mitch, there's no way I could do it without him, but it's just me and him and that's it. Well, it's pretty remarkable. So um, basically he does all of the dirty work to get it from, you took an application to it getting in processing. Right. Okay. So you, uh, you chase your own conditions or how, how does that work? So when you say the dirty work, that's a good question because um, I'll do as much as I possibly can because it's not Mitch's job to do my job. 
okay, as a loan officer. So I will take, like we said, the good 1003. I will request all the conditions in Flowify and get as many as I can. Mitch will follow up with those. But I want to see the conditions, or not the conditions, I'm sorry, the uh, support documents. Because just because the people told me what I've written down doesn't mean what's actually going to sure. be on what they send in. So when they do come in, I review them too, make sure they're all good to go. And then Mitch will tell me, hey, income's off or this or that. And we'll kind of put our brains together and get the file ready to move to the next process. Okay, cool. So now that it's in the next process, you know, I just, dude, I'm re it's remarkable to me, like you haven't missed a closing date, right? And it's remarkable to me, you're closing 137, 135 transactions a year. What's your involvement on the backside? Because uh, I mean, it, there's a lot of work that goes into yeah. his, his, <laughs> I mean, if you got 135. His, we, his, his weekly pipeline call that he, yeah, he doesn't exactly. ever miss. All right, so if you close 135 transactions, you probably had closer to 500 conversations. Like, that's a lot of work to then, like, how, how are you doing it once it's in process? Yeah, so that's correct, because my pull through is about 30%. So I get to, you, you know, you, I only you're close 30% of the people apps, I talk. Yeah. yeah, so so that comes to my processor. I have an outstanding processor, Caitlin. Um, but her and I talk, when, when I was, this past year, her and I actually had two phone calls a week, one on a Monday, one on a Wednesday after the weekend stuff okay. came in we would talk on monday and talk on a wednesday now we're back to just wednesday but i go through with her on every wednesday religiously in the afternoon we go through a whole pipeline where are we what are you getting what am i getting you know and she'll get normal conditions but if there's anything weird or stuff like that i look at it as my job as a loan officer i'm the captain of the ship okay we have to get this ship from point a to point yeah. b and if it runs aground when i'm sleeping it's still my fault yep, yep okay so she helps with that stuff but i'm i'm in the file a lot and i know and even when i'm not meeting with caitlin my first thing i do every morning is go through my pipeline kind of see where i am and i write out a list of things to do today and write next to every name that's in my pipeline what needs to be done that day and that i don't get to them all every day but writing them down every day and going through the pipeline every day then it's all up here in my head in terms of i sure. can have 20 or 30 files going and know the details of all. Sure. And, and I've been on that call where he's almost like a doctor. If you're the intern following along the doctor and he's giving, you know, take, you're taking the notes, he goes through every loan, loan by loan, whether or not he knows there's an issue or not, but he's double checking appraisals, everything. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's pretty neat to watch wow. how he, how, how long he is that phone that. call? Anywhere from 15 to 20, 30 minutes, maybe. Wow, so 30 minutes once this a week. This year was a little bit longer. This year was a little longer. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, about 30 minutes. I mean, a lot of times it's a file that's, okay, you know, we're just waiting for the clear to close. You know? So an hour a week. And I, and I think it's important to mention, like, that's an intentional call. I'm sure you talk to your processor throughout the week. But that's an intentional call where the, she has your undivided attention, you have hers, um, and you're kind of divvying out who's going to do what it sounds like she's doing most of it but one of the things i like that you said was if it's if it's bad news or something funky it comes from it comes from job. you yeah. yeah and or if it's sensitive information you know it's stuff that yeah. or the processor may not understand the whole the why total concept or the why of why we're needing this thing mm -hmm. because you, know, you might have a difficult client it's not it's not fair to make the processor do what I should be doing sure. as an officer. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think you found a healthy balance, Sean, because I, I think, you know, listen, every loan officer wants to be able to focus on the things that drive their business, right? That's what leverage is for. You talked about, you know, you have a sales assistant that you leverage, and obviously you leverage a processor. Um, I'm sure there's some of the things you leverage too, but, um, you know, everybody wants to find that healthy balance because really if I can leverage out all of this other, like let's just call it operational stuff, I can go out and get more loans. But I think sometimes the mistakes we make, right, myself included, is we want to leverage it all. Right. Right. And so 
Um, there's an old saying, somebody told me it's trust, but verify, right? So you're trusting that they're going to get all of that stuff, but you're verifying you guys are all on the same page. Right. And I, and I think that's why your survey scores are as high as they are. And that's why you don't miss closing dates. Right. Cause we have a process and the process is fantastic to get loans from point A to point B, but you've got to guide them on the way because yes. they're going to go off the rails at certain points. I mean, things come out of nowhere. I've been doing this 24 years and I still see stuff. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> Every loan is different, Every right? Loan yeah. is All different. 137, they're yep. a little bit different. You never know. So Sean, talk a little bit more about, you know, the marketing part of your business and, and who handles that piece for you. So I have a marketing assistant, um, Michaela, and she basically will, if I need to send a flyer or I need to get a co-branded flyer, things like that, I'll shoot her an email or put in a help ticket for her to fill things out for me. Or if I want to do a learn at lunch, she'll help me with those kind of things. Or like over the holidays, they mailed out Christmas or holiday cards to my database, things like that. So it's those things that you, you just don't have time when you're right. this busy, you don't have time to do by yourself. Well, so. you remember back when you and I worked together, I think between us, it took us about six to eight hours to do a flyer. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. Even even a rate sheet initially when we started, you would cut and paste yep. certain things from what we had access to on our computer, and you'd have to put together your own marketing and get that out. Yeah, so I mean, going back to the, that marketing bit, I mean, those are little things, but the little things add up. It's amazing because, I mean, just those little things with co-branded flyers, you know, we send out those weekly flyers, and you'd be amazed how many realtors will send me an email or call me, hey, can you co-brand that for me? And it takes me 30 seconds to send off an email, and I have it back in a day or two. 24 hours usually and send it yeah. to them and they're like holy cow that's cool. right and then they can take that flyer and send it out to their database and do mm -hmm. whatever and your picture and your names on it along with theirs so that co-branding is fantastic they do a lot of other things that i don't utilize to be honest with you um but i've talked to other people that do but it's just that aspect of our business social media huge. pages social media pages which i'm not a huge i don't get onto social media a whole lot but i have a personal and business page that gets maintained and they maintain it for me they keep me compliant you know they put things on there for me stuff like that so yeah it works out yeah. great so you shared with us earlier in the podcast three like, hey, these are my must do's, right? These are the three things that, that you're doing that are consistently driving your business. If you already have that dialed in, what, what would you do you ever do any business planning? I do. Yeah, we do business plan every year. Um, and it's not a huge business plan. It's three pages long, but it's got your short term goals, your long term goals. It's got your professional goals and it's got some of your personal goals. And I'll fill that every year. And try to hit the numbers on it, but I'll pull it out about once a month and kind of take a look at it. It helped me lose weight. Okay. Cause that was one of my goals over yeah. the past couple of years. So it helped me lose quite a bit of weight just on the personal side of it. Yeah. Um, it's helped me take more vacation time because I, in this business, it's very stressful. That's so important. It's yeah. in my goals to, you know, try to do some more travel and things like yeah. that. And then the numbers are in there in terms of, okay, how am I, what activities do I need to do to make these numbers? And then sometimes you'll kind of lose track of and get off track of your activities that you know you should be yeah. doing, but you get bogged down in the process and not trying to get new loans. So I'll have to kick myself sometimes, pull it out and go, I need to be doing this, doing that. So. Yeah. So you've been able to track that through through doing this, that it's your one out of three to close. So you know that for every three prequels you do, you close a deal. Yeah, pretty much. So it's easy every week to look. And if you did 15, you know that in the next, you know, four, six, eight weeks, that's going to lead to five transactions, closed transactions. Yep. That's great. And I was going to say to me, the way I just took what you said is you're you're doing more of like taking an inventory. Right. Listen, you look at those three things that you told us earlier in the podcast, that these are the things that I do with consistency. You've been doing those for 10 years, dude. Right. No one needs to remind you to do that stuff. You don't right. need some business plan or whatever to do that. But what you're using it for is to take inventory of where you're at in your business or your personal or professional goals 
and then making the adjustments appropriate, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, and here, here's what I love about that. He's been doing this, like you said, for 10 plus years, and he still holds himself accountable and has an accountability partner, well, not necessarily a coach, but a coworker, right? That you guys have that weekly call, yep. and it's a it's a set day and time where you guys talk and hold each other accountable. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I set up a um, a Zoom call with one of my colleagues, um, Jeff, and we talk every Tuesday at nine o'clock, and just kind of you know, hey, what's going on? What kind of problems have you had? Blah blah blah. And you know, what are you doing to get your new business? And you know, then we'll talk about personal stuff, just just mm-hmm. to kind of bounce things off each other, struggles we're having, successes yeah. we've had, things like that, and then uh, and then just kind of call each other out, not in a bad way, but just kind of like, hey man, you know, I know you've been traveling up north and stuff like that, but you know, you say you want to do this. Well, what are you doing to do that? You know, yeah. you can't just tell me you want to do something. So him and I, in a nice way, we'll just kind of just push each other a little bit and then just kind of keep each other's back. So it, yeah, I love it and it's great. Yeah. Well, I talked to him recently. So whatever you did last week, you gave him a push because <laughs> he's, he's out on the street hustling this week. So good job. Good deal. I nice. appreciate that. Yeah. Nice. That's, so, Sean, is is there anything I, – I got one thing I'd like to end with you on, but before we get into that – I'd like to ask him what, what advice he would give to somebody that's newer in the business because you and I know what we went through with Fred. We yeah. go way back to the 90s. Things were different, but essentially, like, like the real estate business, the mortgage business is the same, right? We're 100% commission. And, you know, the first six months, 12 months in this business – on, in either business like that, 100% sales, mm-hmm. you've got your good months and then your bad months. And mentally, you know, it, it's it's hard to, mm-hmm. you know, to be consistent and, fee- and, 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 and see that things are going in, in, a, in a positive way for you. W- what advice would you give somebody? Because I know we went through some ups and downs. Yeah, I would, you know, that's, I don't know what the average age is now, but most loan officers are older, you know, mm-hmm. over 50. 50 yeah. Our age. Yeah, dude, yeah. It's, over it's our us. age, right? So that's the average age, you know, so some of them are in their 60s. So it's like, there's not too many young people getting in this business. And I wish there were, you know, because yeah. it's not, you just have to be good with people and you have to be good with numbers and you have to be able to learn. Um, so the advice I would give people is, you know, if you're looking for a career, you're not sure what you want to do and you want, to be able to set your own schedule, set your own work hours, because Time if and you money. don't work, you don't get paid yeah, in this right. business. It's yep. not like you can just show up at your desk job and, and you're going to get paid. It doesn't work that way. So I love the freedom of that, being able to work on my own time, you know, and you tend to work long hours in this business. You just do. But the reward, if you're looking for monetary reward, the sky's the limit in this yeah. business. You know, you I can make a lot of money. I tell people all the time, this we is did the most play our stressful. Fair, we played our fair amount of golf back in the day. Oh, I oh, will yeah. tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I, I would. I tell people all the time, like, this is the most stressful, rewarding career there is. I'd agree with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and and, the, and I to not put a bad name on it, it's not stressful all the time. No, there are not. just times where you're like, oh my gosh. Well, it's stressful because there's so many things going on, and and I take you know the, Every the clients personally. personally. Yeah. I want these people to be happy yeah. in their new house or refinance or whatever the case may be, and I want things to go well for them. So mm-hmm. I ta- I internalize some of that stress. Okay. So okay, Sean, what do you do for fun? Well, I can't golf anymore because I hurt my neck. So <laughs> travel, I'm traveling, working around the house, doing projects, stuff like that. You but had just, a pretty cool summer there. You spent uh, I at spent least three four, weeks yeah. in Georgia, and then I went back in November for a couple more weeks in Georgia. So doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Cook, eat. Yeah. Yeah. How's the cooking going, by the way? You did. I haven't had time to do that. I was doing the <laughs> photographs and everything, and I yeah. just haven't had time to do any blogging or anything like that. That'll okay. be when I retire in a few years. <laughs> Yeah. figure that out yeah, we'll hopefully ten, get back 10 into more golf. years Sean yeah. it's, it's a while yeah. <laughs> well hopefully you you can get back into the golf pretty soon June the doctor said so okay. I'm looking forward to that yeah, good for you man 
Just about the time it's too hot to go out I there. I know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the game will be in A shape right then. Yep. So, Sean, is there anything that you would have liked to share with the audience that maybe John and I didn't uh, walk you down that path? Just basically, if you're looking for a great career, um, mortgage business is a fantastic career to get into. Sean is looking and volunteering. If you live in the St. Petersburg area, contact him directly. He would love to mentor somebody that's looking to get into this business. Okay. I know, I, I know that's you. part of your 2021 plan. Yeah, and, and I'd it, like to get a college kid, you know, yeah. to help mentor and you know pass the baton give that to opportunity per se or to. whatever. Give an opportunity to because if you learn this business the right way from the ground up, yep. you can make a lot of money doing it and have a lot of fun doing it. And meet a lot yep. of people. So it's a great business to be in. I yeah. love it. Dude, that's awesome for you to give back, man. That, that, that'd you. be great. And if you're watching, that'd be to partner with him and be that'd be a that's a great opportunity. Yeah, if you're in St. Petersburg by the way and you're looking for a loan or you're a realtor that's looking to have a great loan officer, I've known this guy as you uh, have gathered here for 20 plus years. He's always done an amazing job. Thank uh, you, John. I mean, kudos to you. You, you. you have fives on the survey again, but everything does close on time with you and it's awesome to say I've referred over the years many people to you. Um, so glad to, glad to have you and, and and glad you joined us today. Thank you, John. Thank yeah. you, Brian. Yeah, my pleasure. So uh, thanks for joining us today on the Contacts to Contracts podcast. I hope you enjoyed this little insight into Sean's long career in the mortgage business. He dropped some bombs today um, for those of you who are looking to take your business to the next level. If you like what you see, don't forget to share it and like it and subscribe to our channel. As always, if there's anything that we can do, we're a couple of guys just here to serve any way that we can. Thank you.